Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is officially our first anniversary episode. Um, Street Focus is a year old. I just can't believe it. It's It's been just a great year. I've met so many people through the show. And although we're still going to have a, a Q&A and street challenge episode today because the the entries are all in and, and I was able to, to look at them all, I have a very special guest. So we're going to have a, a Q&A, but with a twist. So it's going to be a, a little, little, um, little more relaxed than usual. And we're just going to probably go off topic a little bit, but it's okay because I have a special guest. It's my friend, Steve Simon, who is an award-winning documentary photographer and now living in New York City. Uh, hello, Steve. Thank you for coming on the show. I know we've tried this for quite a while now, so finally you're here. Bonjour, Valérie. It's so so great. I love the way you say your name. It just sounds so musical. Can you say it one more time? Valérie Jardin. Oh, it's beautiful. It's that beautiful accent. Thank you. But it's it's great to be here. I'm a fan of the show, fan of your work. So it's it's really exciting for me to to be here in this uh, street photography environment. Yes, and we've we've uh, done TWIP together before, so we uh, we've been on the air uh, at the same time. So that's been it's always been fun. I always enjoyed having you as a co-host on TWIP. So tell tell us a little bit about you, in case some of the, our street focused listeners don't know who. Steve Simon is the the passionate photographer. The passionate photographer. Yeah, I'm a I'm a passionate street photographer. That's how I got my start on the streets of my home city of Montreal, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And I think I was inspired really by early on by by Cartier-Bresson, who, you know, so many of us have been inspired by, maybe the most influential photographer of all time. And I would wander the streets of Montreal with my film camera back in those days and just kind of uh, fly on the wall. You know, the, the excitement of street photography kind of got me hooked. And I've spent a whole lifetime wandering the streets of the world shooting. And I, I worked as a photojournalist for a while at a newspaper. And uh, then I, I dug a little deeper into, you know, more, more heavy documentary stories. I've done a few books on different subjects. And uh, you call me the passionate photographer. That was the title of the, the kind of how-to book that I came out with a couple of years ago. And I'm, I'm probably more passionate now. Now, and I know you can relate to this. Uh, it's such a joy to find something like photography that you just just never gets old. It, you just get deeper and deeper, and keep pushing it to see how far you can take it. For sure. So you've covered some pretty big events in your career, um, national conventions, um, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I at, at the newspaper, you know, part of the 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 great uh, learning curve working at a newspaper is you're, you're pointed kind of like a pinball in a pinball machine to all these different kind of situations, different assignments, and you kind of learn to problem solve. You don't have a lot of time, mm -hmm. and you've got to sort of make things work. There are no excuses. You have to come back with a with a picture and it's just a great training ground for a street photographer and you know on my own I've I've covered the Olympics and I'm very much interested in American politics I, I moved to the United States in 2000 and you know became an American citizen uh, still a Canadian citizen as well and I've covered the conventions uh, 
you know, since 2004, every year I'll, I'll go to the Democratic and Republican conventions, uh, shooting like a street photographer. But eventually, um, you know, the focus is on these conventions and I'm going to spill all these images out, put them and sequence them together into to a book. Maybe after the 2016 conventions, once uh, Mr. Trump is inaugurated. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be an interesting convention to go to. <laughs> I just hope that he hangs in till then. I, I'd hate to see anything happen to him, but uh, apparently, uh, you know, he's still going strong. So, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, it, the the interesting thing for me as a photographer working at a convention is it's it's concentrated. So it's like four or five days shooting, shooting, shooting. You know, not thinking, just shooting, and then. You know, you you you've got something there, and and because it's relatively intimate, even though there's ten thousand people in in the arena or the building, um, it it makes for some interesting potential photographically. So, what kind of access do you get? Like, well, I I you know I I you have to have press accreditation to get in. So mm -hmm. I usually have an assignment with. In the past, it's been with my Canadian uh, news magazine contact, McLean's, which is kind of the the Time magazine of Canada. So I I satisfy the assignment, but once I'm in, then I can sort of do my own thing. Yeah. And though I don't have the best credentials, I'm in the building. And, you know, as a photographer, we know there's no real bad uh, uh, location because wherever you are, you're going to have a unique perspective on what's around you. So, you know, I'm in the convention. That's the thread that holds all the pictures together. And I can kind of move around a little bit. I don't, I can't get necessarily backstage with, you know, the major politicians. But they are sort of roaming around the floor. And once you're in, there's quite a rigorous uh, security to get in. But once in, you know, you're good. So you can move around. Uh, you know, certain areas are off limits. But, you know, wherever I am, and I don't want to be where all the, you know, wire photographers or the, the newspaper photographers are. I want to deliver a very personal and unique perspective. So if I see a lot of photographers, you know, I'll shoot them in the picture or I'll run the other way and, mm -hmm. and look for something else. Yeah. So when you're not out on assignment, you're in New York and uh, you teach workshops, right? Among I do. Among I other do. things. Yeah. I mean, you know, since I've kind of come back to my roots and, and declared myself a street photographer, part of the reasoning for that was, and I think a lot of the listeners can relate to this, um, I just wasn't shooting enough. I know that when I go out shooting, good things happen. Mm -hmm. But because I'm busy trying to make a living as a photographer, and that requires a lot of things that are not photography. So declaring myself a street photographer again was liberating because yeah. I realized that every time I go outside with my camera, wherever I am, you know, there's always going to be, uh, uh, you know, these gifts around every corner, the way Peter Turnley has uh, described. And, and it's true. Mm -hmm. So the best way to kind of get your work to rise up is to just keep shooting because we know it's a numbers game. The more you shoot, the luckier you get. And uh, so, so that's what I'm trying to do more and more. When I've got a block of time, I'll just go out and I'll shoot. And, you know, you, you win the lottery some days, uh, but most days you don't. But that's just the nature of the game. And it's those great pictures that you end up getting are all the motivation I need to just get me out there the next day or the next week or the next month. So it just keeps me, keeps me inspired. Yeah. So now do you, do you go out with a, something in mind or do you let the street surprise you? 
Well, I think that, um, you know, for me, you know, the, the best street, I mean, I, I'm a lover of all things photography and, and I appreciate a lot of different kinds of pictures. But, you know, coming from a journalistic background, for me, um, I'm always looking for, and, I'm, and it's not always a conscious thing, but I'm looking for images that, that deliver some sort of a message. So, again, I'm looking from a very personal perspective and I think it's much more interesting. I mean, even in photojournalism. I mean, Cartier-Bresson said that, you know, facts are not interesting. It's, it's the slant on facts. It's the perspective on facts. And as a photographer, you know, capturing sort of a literal depiction of something on the street, for me, is not necessarily enough to make it, you know, just to give me that extra star to make it a picture that I'm interested in. So I'm looking for things that I'm attracted to. I'm, it's a very selfish pursuit. It's a very personal pursuit. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking for things that, um, you know, will deliver my impression of something. And, and it's, 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 believe me, it's not always a conscious thing. Although sometimes I will go out with kind of an assignment in mind because I do find that when, you know, if I'm looking for something, um, it makes it easier to find. If I go out completely serendipitous and arbitrary and just letting the street um, do its thing, which is a wonderful thing too, uh, sometimes that focus that wasn't there on that day um, uh, shows itself in pictures that just were not as interesting. So it, 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 I mix it up. Yeah, for sure. And so you run a, a workshop in New York, right? I do. I do. I've been running these workshops since uh, last year, in November of last year. It's a pretty intensive, it's a week-long workshop. And uh, I've rented this amazing loft in Chinatown. And I, nice. I very much appreciate Chinatown now because I've been there um, you know, for several workshops now, you know, that whole area in Chinatown, I know you do New York workshops. I don't know if you spent some time in yes, Chinatown. Yes, definitely. It's one of my favorite spots to shoot as well. It, it really is. I mean, there's, it's just a whole different atmosphere and, and, and mood. So yeah, we, we go out and, and, and generally, you know, there is kind of a theme in mind because I encourage people to, to sort of, you know, find something that, is very just interesting to them and maybe, you know, dig a little deeper in that area on that theme. And, uh, you know, in my experience, it forces you to sort of see what you have and realize that, you know, I'm not going to take that same picture and over and over again. I need to sort of uh, peel the onion and go a little bit deeper. And, and the experience in doing that, I find really kind of is a, a learning curve to, to, to elevate your work kind of mm -hmm. to the next level. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, what, what's your favorite? So Chinatown is one of your favorite playgrounds in, uh, in New York. Um, what, what other areas yeah. do you enjoy I mean, most? You know, I, I sort of, you know, I leave it up to the students, but there are certain areas that we go to. Um, you know, the Highline Park, which is this new elevated space. Yes, I love space. it. Oh, my God. And as a photographer, it's kind of an easier New York street entree because mm -hmm. a lot of tourists are there. So it's a little less threatening. Yeah. Um, but it's a unique perspective on New York. Very and so, it's yeah. always busy. There's always a lot of action. Never a dull moment. It's very kind of visual. So, so that's one of the places. Um, if I want to capture kind of the interesting looking high-end characters, I'll go to 57th and 5th, which is also a very um, historical place where a lot of great street photographers have done a lot of work. Uh, you might see um, 
the New York Times fashion guy, Bill Cunningham, because I think that's oh. a favorite mm-hmm. haunt of him. There's all these interesting characters that are, are there. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's so fast moving and fluid that, you know, generally people, even if you're kind of a little bit in their face with a wide lens, um, you know, they're, they're not going to necessarily stop you. I don't mean you're going to um, uh, was a Bruce Gilden them. And I think... <laughs> Your viewers probably know what I'm speaking yes. about, but even without a flash and just sort of hanging out there, it's an interesting place to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, Washington Square Park, and if you look at some of mm-hmm. Deanne Arbus's work, uh, there's a lot of stuff from Washington Square Park. And, you know, for good reason, even in 2015, as it was in the 60s, it's an interesting place. It is. I mean... Uh, you've got all these characters. It's near the New York University, so there's kind of a young crowd, and and there's there's kind of never a dull moment there. Um, and the Ground Zero area too, I think, is also um, very interesting where the 9/11 Memorial is, because you know later in the week in the workshop we'll go there. It's obviously a, a, a different kind of a place for a street photographer, where you may have to you know hold back a little, be a little bit more. Uh, sensitive and respectful to what's going on there. But I think it's a, a good lesson for photographers to yeah. kind of challenge themselves in, in difficult environments. So so those are some some interesting places. But you know what? There's never a dull moment. I mean, no. when you have the camera on a subway or on a bus, uh, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities there too. For sure. So, wow, I, it makes, I can't wait because I'm going uh, in a few weeks again. I love New York and I discovered New York quite late. So this is still new to me and um, I could never get tired of it. As I said, I mean, every corner has a story uh, to tell. Exactly. And it's just But you amazing. know, one, I was just going to mention one of the other things, again, about reinventing myself as a street photographer is, you know, recently I was in Vancouver and I do a photo workshop there. But, you know, Vancouver, I would go and I'm one, I'm, I'm one of the... I was always one of those photographers that, you know, I have to flip the switch and then I go out, you know, and I'm focusing and I'm really looking for things and saying things. But I didn't necessarily have to have a camera with me all the time. Obviously, I, I did. But, you know, if something was just too big to pass up but the experience for me as a photographer generally is you know i've got to flip that switch and i go out shooting and that's when i find things Mm -hmm. so places that i would go to quite often like vancouver um, i wouldn't necessarily be all that inspired by and i wouldn't really do any serious shooting but now as a street shooter again i'm realizing that wherever i am even if it's and if the listeners are out there and they're kind of bored with their own surrounding if you can find a way to you know be lucid and and get some interesting images in a place that you're bored with and and uh it's only going to uh make when you get to a place that's a little bit more uh exciting um the pictures will be that much stronger. So, yeah. so for me, it's allowed me to kind of, you know, shoot everywhere and just add to my street portfolio and, and get me even more excited, uh, you know, to the point where I remember being a young kid in Montreal, wandering around with my Nikon FM on my neck and shooting and loving it. And, you know, things haven't changed that much. Yeah, it's true. Good point. Good point. So, well, before we start with our with our Q and A, um, is there when is your next workshop? Is it coming oh, up? Well, thank you for asking. Yeah, it is. Um, I've got one coming up in October, and we still have a couple of spots available if anyone's interested. Oh, great! Um, they can check it out on the passionatephotographer.com website. So, awesome. yeah, I've got one in October, and then 
We've, we're going to Cuba in November. That one sold out. And I'm going to go back to Cuba in January. I'm trying to rush my Cuba workshops before it's completely opened up to America. And there's McDonald's on every corner. So yep. uh, we'll do another one there. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you'll have to but, listen to our Cuba special episode a few weeks ago. And we talked about that. I think uh, um, now is the time to go before it changes too much. You're right. And it loses some of its yeah. authenticity. Yeah. I haven't been there I yet. Mean, I, oh my goodness. Yeah, Valerie, I hope you do get there soon. I, I just know from you know arranging the workshop that my colleague, uh, Juan Carlos, who's doing the arranging, uh, who's a Cuban now living in the States, said that it's actually kind of impossible to even find hotel rooms now. Everything's yes. completely mm -hmm. booked up and it's still not open. It's still technically illegal for Americans to spend money in Cuba, although Uh, President Obama has made it a little looser in terms of the licensing for, for people to be able to go. But yeah, it's a favorite spot and, you know, street shooters everywhere. Uh, it's just a great place to shoot. The people are very kind of friendly and open to it. And of course, the the crumbling beauty in the architecture yes. is it's very photogenic and the old cars, I suppose, too. So mm -hmm. it's all good. It's all for good. For sure. Well, maybe I'll have to join your workshop. Well, actually, yes, I, I don't have any limitation. I have, I have a French passport. I can go anywhere I want. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Although, I will tell you, even though you may be a French citizen, um, if you're living in the United States, even with a green card, you still have to adhere to the American laws. So if you're a resident in the United States, you still have to kind of follow the same oh, deal bummer. if you want to kind of stay in the United States. <laughs> so, you know, uh, there you go. Okay. Well, now I know. <laughs> well, thank you. So now let's jump into the Q&A because I let the audience know that you would be on the show. And so we got a few questions that are directly to, um, directed, you know, directly to to you or at you. So uh, yeah. that's those subtleties of the English language that still escape me. Uh, <laughs> so Rich and Stephanie both had a similar question. So uh, I will read the one from uh, Rich Barbara on the Google Plus uh, Street Focus community. He asks, where does street overlap with photojournalism? Where and how are they different? A good photojournalist, photojournalist has a set of rules ethics he or she follows. Uh, do you apply those same standards to street photography? Hmm, well, that's, that's a, a very good question. Sorry, were you going to... No, that's fine. That? And then yeah. um, st similarly, Stephanie asked, what similarities and differences exist between uh, Steve's photojournalist job and being a street photographer? So the two questions can really be answered at the same time. So, I mean, in, as in In the ethics part, how, how much do you change your street photographs? Do you do a lot of, because uh, as a photojournalist, you, you, yeah. your hands are tied. You really can't remove anything or is that how you approach yeah. your street photography as well? I think that's pretty much the gist of the question. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think absolutely. And I think really that um, street photography um, and photojournalism, uh, for me anyway, are kind of cut from the same cloth ethically. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in my experience, um, you know, when you have an assignment and a very little time, you know, often you, you go to a situation um, that involves people and you end up doing sort of a portrait of that person kind of looking at the camera because it's expedient and that's the best way to go. Um, for me, I found that to be very frustrating because I know that given more time with a subject that I'm interested in, I can get something 
truly authentic and real as opposed to them kind of staring back at the camera, which can be very powerful too. Don't get me wrong. Um, the thing about photojournalism is, and I guess there's a difference between photojournalism and documentary photography in the sense that, you know, photojournalism implies that these images will be published, you know, in newspapers. I think they still have newspapers or, you know, in the media and they're going to reach a lot of people. Uh, documentary um, for me is a little closer to street in the sense that you spend more time on a story and you dig a little bit deeper. And with that time spent, suddenly your environment and the people in the story uh, get to know you a little better and maybe open up a little and let you in a little bit more to get images that you just can't get when you scratch the surface and meet someone very quickly. I mean, we know the street portrait is a very fast situation mm -hmm. and, you know, you can get some great street portraits and, and some very revealing and intimate street portraits, even with, you know, spending just a couple of minutes with a person, a stranger on the street. But in photojournalism or in the documentary work that I really um, loved doing, um, I would want to spend more time because I knew that you can't really fake it. When, you, when, when a viewer sees an image that's a real authentic moment, and that's what I love about street photography, um, the message is delivered very powerfully. And I think that's where the overlap is too. For me, yeah. street photography with a message is much more interesting than just a little bit less, uh, a, little, a little more literal street photography in the sense that, you know, this is a person on the cell phone, but this is a person on the cell phone with a look. When, when I look at a photograph and I can sort of make up my own story or I can spend a little time with it, for me, I think that's, that's more powerful. And so when I'm on the street, I think I'm, I'm looking for, for moments that are maybe a little bit iconic that kind of represent a kind of person or a kind of situation. Um, but again, I also appreciate, you know, the, the crazy sort of uh, layered compositions where, you know, the people in the picture are like chess pieces and the photographer has captured that decisive moment where you could not have taken those chess pieces and put them, spread them out in a better position. Those, those images are so hard to get and they require you to, to just spend so much time in the street. But when you hit a grand slam like that, I mean, there's, there's nothing higher, you know, as a street photographer. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm drifting all over the place, but eth ethically, I'm not going to make any changes because, you know, I've learned that um, it, it, it just, if you miss a shot, there's going to be another shot and mm -hmm. it's probably a better shot. Don't worry about it. Move on and, and continue. Um, when you're working on an assignment and someone is paying you to you know, tell a story, obviously the pressure is a little bit higher there, um, but it's the same rules apply. You have to just put in the time and you maximize that time and, and, and you do the best you can. You try and squeeze you know, 100% out of the two hours that you had to be there. Maybe it would have been better to be there during the two hours in the golden light, but that's just not the way it is. Mm -hmm. and, and what I also love about street photography too is that it's not as light dependent as other areas of photography like landscape. You know, the content sure. yeah. kind of trumps that. I mean, it's nice to have the beautiful light, of course, and I like to follow the light when I'm on the streets, but, but it's not the be-all end-all. And, and um, anyway, so I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. But yeah, ethically, I'm not going to move pixels around. So if there's something in my image, like, 
Coke can or whatever that is a little distracting, you know, I might burn it down a little or, you know, sometimes with color, I tend to desaturate versus saturate because mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know, color can be kind of distracting and, you know, black and white really cuts to the content. But, you know, color is a little more light dependent in, in my view mm -hmm. in that if you're shooting during the golden hour, distracting colors are all bathed in that sort of warm glow, which makes them less distracting. But if the light was a little bit harsh, you could have a little yellow something in the corner of the frame that just has a visual weight that pulls the viewer's eye to it. So I, I will maybe desaturate a little bit if I want to leave it, you know, as a color image. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I don't, as everybody knows, I don't spend much time in post-processing um, either. Uh, and I don't remove things. The only time I would remove a distraction like a piece of trash on the cobblestone or something is for a print um if i put an image on in my um in my print uh gallery uh where people can order um then i would make sure that distraction of a of a piece of of a wrapper or something right by the foot of my yeah. subject is removed. That's the only time, but that, yeah. but, but that's not the picture that I would show to social media. That piece of trash would probably still be there, but yeah. you know, on, in the print, it would become, it, it becomes more of a distraction because it's going to be on the wall. So that's about the, the extent of my uh, removing anything from an image. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And, you know, again, I mean, I'm coming from a journalism perspective. And, you know, for me, that whole idea becomes a bit of a slippery slope in that, you know, if, if people understand that you've done that with one image, it could sort of taint your body of work in the sense that it puts into doubt, well, if, she, if, if Steve did this for this one, I wonder what other stuff he's yeah. moving around in, yeah. in the picture. So it just makes it very simple for me to just say, you know, no, I'm and, not going to do that. And that's, and that's it. I'm going to live part, with whatever's yeah. there. It's part of the challenge. It's part of the skills. You know, you, you remove those distracting elements whenever possible in camera. You, you position yourself in a way that that antenna is not going to stick out of your subject's ear. And that is part of the appeal to me is you have to work fast. You have to think fast and you have to move fast yeah. in order I to, mean, to, to make the best possible image in camera. Yeah, I mean, photography is a compromise at the best of times. Mm -hmm. If you want more depth of field, you've got to slow down your shutter speed. And I remember just recently being at Coney Island on, on the boardwalk there. Well, on the boardwalk, there's just a row of these giant, ugly, green garbage cans. And if you're, as a street photographer, shooting on that boardwalk, it's kind of hard to avoid these green garbage cans. And it's a challenge to kind of, and, and they do, I find them to be very distracting, having a lot of visual weight, even though they're, they can be relatively small in the frame. So I'm, I'm positioning myself. I'm, I'm yeah. you know, it may not be the best possible composition if they weren't there I, I would maybe do things a little bit differently but that's the beauty of street photography and that's mm -hmm. the beauty of of being able to kind of you know move around a little bit that's the challenge of it all i agree i agree oh and i i watch your the lynda.com um tutorial um and you were on that boardwalk for part of it right 
Yes, that is true. That is true. Yeah, I I've done a, enjoyed it. A few, a few workshop, a, a few films or courses or movies. I forget what they like to call them uh, for Lynda.com on street photography, and and that's that's a lot of fun. It's, yeah. it's a lot of pressure because you have a you have you know as a street photographer you usually don't go out with a film crew. <laughs> I know. I um, just did that in Dallas myself. It was so strange. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to tell you, these guys at Linda, you know, Jacob Cunningham, Heather, they're they're just so good. They're so professional. They're street photographers on their own. So they understand okay. what this course is about. So they'll hang back and they'll, you know, whenever they can. And, and I'm, I'm as much as it's hard for me to watch myself on those things, when I have looked at them, I, I thought they did a really good job of, yeah. of capturing. Oh, they're, they're great. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but you're right. Yeah. We need to remain invisible. Not an easy thing to do when you have two people with <laughs> extra gear following you around. That's for sure. Exactly. I thought of it when I saw, when I watched them, I'm like, yeah, you can tell, you know, the people get more intimidated too. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that's also the beauty of street in that, you know, you can be of a different temperament. Like, so when you look at uh, the work of like William Klein and, you know, that famous shot of the kid pointing a gun at him. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that he was the kind of personality that kind of mixes it up. So he'd be there on the street, you know, okay, yeah, shoot me, shoot me and that kind of stuff. And then you've got sort of the Robert Frank or the Cartier-Bresson who's just kind of fly on the wall. You don't even see them. They're, they're not there. And I think for me as a street photographer, you know, I like both worlds. Yeah. I, I, some days I just don't have the energy to, you know, do street portraiture. Other days, I, I do want to get in there and get outside my comfort zone and mix it up a little bit. And that's, that's also the beauty of the street, too. It's, it's arguably the most difficult uh, genre of photography because yeah. everything's out of our control. And we have to somehow, uh, you know, put it all together in a way that uh, delivers in a, in a single frame. And, and, that's, and that's the challenge. That's, that's, that's the beauty of it all. Yeah, that's, that, exactly. That's what keeps us back on the streets every day <laughs> going back exactly. again and again yeah it never gets boring exactly. yeah that's no, awesome never does never yeah does. it's funny because see we can totally relate because we know exactly how that feels so you know when you get in the zone and and uh but i feel like sometimes if i talk with photographers that are in, they're not street photographers we just yeah. it's almost like we speak a different language um, oh yeah if they've yeah. never done street i don't think people can really get the get what it really feels like and um and it's it's quite interesting okay moving on next questions came in uh from um the google plus street focus community as well from levi shan and his okay. question is who inspires you does the work of other photojournalists such as peter turnley and or he mentions Peter van Achtmel. I'm not sure if that's a way to, to pronounce yeah. his name. Cross your path. And if so, does it give food for thought? Does it give you food for thought? Have you met any of those two? Uh, uh, Peter Turnley, yes, I okay. have. And yeah, he's, he's a great photographer mm -hmm. and a really good guy. And yes, his work is very inspiring. He's been to so many difficult situations yes. and has been able to come away with, you know, very strong storytelling images. Um, for me, uh, you know, I, I think if I look at the work of uh, one of my mentors, who I took a workshop back in the day with, Eugene Richards, who's a photojournalist, or sorry, a documentary photographer, he never worked for a newspaper. But what inspired me about his work is he was able to get so close to his subjects. He's done some very 
powerful and difficult bodies of work. Cocaine True, Cocaine Blue, he's done The Emergency Room. And his images um, are just so strong because they were shot so close. And there's an intimacy, I think, that we would agree shooting wide versus shooting telephoto. But I remember that you know, Eugene Richards said, you know, he feels more comfortable being close to his, close enough to his subjects to be able to touch them than, you know, with a long telephoto where he can focus on a face and that the eyes suddenly look at him and there's this big head with a telephoto lens looking at him and it scares him. He's much more comfortable working close up. And it's that ability to get so close to people in difficult and intimate situations that was very, very um, interesting to me and, and something that I, I like to be able to try and work toward to, to get into my work. Uh, Joseph Kadelka, another amazing photographer, and I, I've heard that you know, he's the go-to guy in Magnum where other Magnum photographers want to you know, talk photography and get their critique and take on, you know, he's the guy. And, and when you look at his images, I mean, you know, for me, t- to me, they're, they're quite amazing. Um, mm-hmm. the, his compositional sense and you know, his, 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 his fingerprints on every image that he takes. So when he, and I had heard at one point he got tired of sort of doing the traditional kind of 35 millimeter viewpoint street photography because all everybody had sort of something to sell on their t-shirt and labels so he went into these uh panoramic landscapes and then when you look at his book chaos or any of the other panoramic landscapes that he did you know it's just it's kadelka it's just his viewpoint. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it makes me understand that as a street photographer, you know, the more I shoot, the more I'm going to have my own sort of style or signature look. You know, we're so close to it that we may not see it, but yeah. it's easier for me to look at your work and sort of see the, the thread and the style than it is maybe for you. And, and same for myself. I mean, I don't necessarily see it because I'm so close to it. But, yeah, that, um, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and style evolves. I mean, it changes with your life experiences. And, and absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's the beauty of this this game. In that, I think that you know, as I get older, I realize that some of the heroes that I look to in photography are doing some of their best work in their sixties and seventies. I mean, you know, eighties. I mean, look at Jay Mizell. You know, yes. he's he's mm-hmm. he's eighty five and he's still doing great work. So I think in the visual arts, unlike other areas of creative pursuit like music, um, you know, there's that there's something to be said about that raw energy and talent of youth. But in the visual arts, in my experience, I don't think I'm just fooling myself in saying this um you know the best is is yet to come come, so that's something yeah that's something i i truly believe and anyone can sort of push this street photography to 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 see what they're they're you know what they're going to do so yeah so when i look at some of the work that inspires me i i i it makes an impression on me and i think it it goes in my percolator and Ultimately, if it's really a, a strong inspiration, it gets infused into my own unique uh, way of shooting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's what happens as a street photographer. The longer we do it and the more we shoot. Yeah, good. Well, there's, that's all very encouraging as we're all getting older. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for answering those questions. That's just great. Um, I just I could listen 
to you all day. Uh, <laughs> but I think we'll announce the winners of the challenge now. And uh, so you look at all the entries. The, the challenge last time was fashion on the streets. And there were a lot of really good entries. And again, it's happened before. We both picked the we both picked the first picture <laughs> as our winner yeah. so um yeah. and we both had so the the two your first choice and second choice were both also my um in my top three so i decided because it's the anniversary show we're gonna have three winners this time instead of two so steve do you remember the name of the photographer or i wrote oh, it down gosh. in case you, know, you forget I'm, I'm actually i'm i'm quick i remember the images you know yeah. and, and that's it the was interesting Vic, thing it was victor I don't remember garza names or face <laughs> but I def definitely remember the image. Yeah. I remember the image because I was the one that I picked and it was close. I liked the two. Yeah. Um, but the one that I picked, I wasn't really sure exactly what I was looking at, but it was very, you know, when I realized it was one image, I thought, oh, this is really okay. uh, interesting. So that, so the, the, so that's the little girl at the shop window or because yes. you had yes. two, you sent me two. So, okay. So that's David Guest. And that's a street in Australia at um, King Street in Perth, I believe. And uh, it's a little girl at the shop window. Yes, and that was also uh, one of my my top picks. And because um, you sent me two, it was one from David Guest and yes. one from I don't know if it's David Guest or it's actually David who signed it as a guest. Now I'm not sure. So sorry, <laughs> David. Uh, but I will send him a note on the on the com in the comment section. And Victor Garza. So, so tell me a little bit about the first one, the little girl at the shop window. Very intriguing, all layers, lot to analyze in that picture. Yeah, yeah, there was. As a matter of fact, as we're talking, I'm just trying to load it up so that I could find it again. Um, and so, let's see if it's here. So in it's the, a little girl uh, who is, seems down. to be quite dressed up, very young, maybe five, six years old, and uh, dressed in a uh, in a pretty dress. Obviously, somebody who you know she's a very girly girl and she's looking oh, yeah. through the window of um a designer store or fashion store i mean a clothing store yes. for women yes mm -hmm. yes yes and and i think you know for me when i realized like i i'm looking at that sort of gucci purse at yes. the bottom of the frame and i'm not exactly sure where it is or how it, it's a puzzle and a riddle yeah. but i think the strength of the image is it's kind of in its simplicity and when you look at that little girl's hand and the five fingers all you know, stretched out. I mean, not only it is, is, is it kind of beautifully composed, the geometry of it all, but the moment is kind of decisive. I yes. mean, the way her hand is spread out there, she's really somehow kind of looking in there. It's the Prada store. She's, uh, she's a fashionista in training. And, and it's just a, a very interesting shot. If it was just the top part of the frame, I don't know if I would have went with this one as my first choice, but I still don't know exactly I, what I'm looking I at think, here. But I think it is shot from inside a designer store into an, onto the streets. Oh, so he's okay. inside the window of another store. That's why the purse is there. I see. Because I don't think yeah. that's a reflection. I mean, that's the foreground. Yeah. And he's looking across the street through the window at that store. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, yeah, um, it's, it's just that extra layer that's kind of intriguing. And uh, I thought, ah, this is, is really good. But it's amazing to me, the girl's hand and the model's hand, they're almost kind of touching. It's almost like that 
Raphael image of Jesus with the finger out, and it looks like the hand is connecting to the, the model's hand. And even though it's so tiny in the frame, it's just such a small percentage of the photo, there's such a visual weight to that hand that your eye just yeah. sucks you right in it there, right and there. it's 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 cool. connection. It's yeah. very cool. For sure. Yeah. And your other pick was also one of my top one was an image from uh, by Victor Garza. And it's the woman sitting at a cafe, it looks like. Um, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? It's very, sure. sur- it's very, I don't know how you call it, dreamy. Dreamy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's overexposed. I mean, there's there's just a white area. The woman, you see her back. You see this beautiful hat. You see the pattern. You know, you see the shoes. She's obviously a fashion-oriented person. The body language, again, is just beautiful um, in terms of her elbow and her hand and her feet. And, and the softness of the uh, overexposed backlit area uh, just makes it, uh, you know, a very beautiful image to me. I I thought it rose above uh, many of the others. And, you know, for me, when I'm looking at images and I'm, you know, I have to choose a winning image, you know, sometimes, obviously, you know, the the five stars, they just edit themselves, they jump off the page. Um, But it's, 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 you know, there's, there was a lot of great imagery there, but, you know, there's, they're not perfect. You know, they're, this is great, but there's, there's always that, but, mm-hmm. and in the pictures that you choose to, to kind of win contests, there shouldn't really be any, buts. um, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, content trumps technical perfection. I understand that you can have a technically great, boring picture or a fuzzy, amazing, you know, and that's where the journalism comes in. If there's some, some interesting thing going on and the picture's not technically perfect, but, you know, as, as a figure skating judge, which I am not, you know, they're always looking for little faults. And, mm-hmm. and so when I'm choosing an image for a, a contest, I, you know, they, they, the winners generally are, are, you know, there's not going to be too, too much to criticize. Perfect. Great. Well, that's thank you for yeah for the selection and for um, you know the the few words that you had to say on, on each image because I, I totally agree here um, and and this woman I like that it's so high key and it's oh, the 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 highlights are completely overblown because there is less distraction you know it makes that yes. picture definitely more um, more dreamy and I have a third image and one one of my top pick was from and I. Well, it seems like a French name, another Valerie, Valérie Caro, and it's called the New York City Commuter, and it's a woman on a subway, and it's very funny. You don't see her face. She's buried in her big hat, <laughs> but she has an elegant dress, very busy print, uh, a, a nice purse on her lap. It's very tight and close, but because she, it looks like either her hat was way down and she was taking a nap, or yeah. uh, she's looking down, but it's it has this humor quality mixed in with you know the fashion theme that i just could not resist i keep going back to it and i just loved it so uh all three of them david valerie and victor will receive an ebook from our friends at rocky nook and their pictures will be displayed on the on the on the post for this episode 53 and the next challenge well i'm gonna make it quite open but I want you guys to really follow the the time. I would like you to post your proudest street shot from the past year, since this is the anniversary show and Street Focus uh, started 
Street Focus was born October 2014, and I would like the image to be shot within that time. So deadline is October 15. Post your best shot. Uh, hopefully it's something that the show inspired you to shoot. If this is new to you and you started street photography at the same time as you started listening to the show, that would be awesome. But hey, you still have a few weeks to get that best shot. So go out there and shoot. Post, uh, post your image in the show notes for episode 53 before October 15. Your best street shot of the year. Great. Well, I can't really give any more tip than we've done all throughout all those shows, you know, to get your best, best shots. Um, I'm sure you got a lot of inspiration from all the guests I've had every week on this show. So just um, tell us a, a story. And it's time for our pick of the week. Uh, Steve, you go first. Okay, well, pick of the week. I mean, man, you know, sometimes, okay, I, I thought for the pick of the week, I would choose sort of a classic book that was uh, republished, a uh, new version by Steidel, and that's Cartier-Bresson, The Decisive Moment. I mean, you know, I think that Cartier-Bresson inspired me to hit the streets of Montreal and continue shooting. Very articulate man when it comes to photography. And, uh, you know, the work uh, still stands up. I think a lot of your viewers are obviously familiar with him. And this reprint of, uh, and I, I hate to say it, though, because we were talking before the show, Steidel, the publisher, you know, came out with this reprint. And it was expensive. It was like $100. Bucks. But if you wanted to get an actual copy of the 1952 Simon & Schuster, the decisive moment and i believe you know there was a french version of course as well um uh but but it's just prohibitively expensive so now all the street photographers if we were good we can ask for it for christmas and it's kind of affordable but alas uh Steidel, the publisher as we were talking they, they they're very uh sort of conservative in terms of the number of images Uh, books that they print. And I was lucky to get this book. I ordered it when I first heard about it. It's a beautiful edition, I think. Um, and uh, But now it's the edition, it's kind of sold out. So now you see it on online for like 300 and 350 bucks. Yeah. So sorry, everybody, for you know getting you excited and now telling you you're going to have to spend all this money. But I think there's a lot of inspiration um, in the writing of Cartier-Bresson and obviously in the photography of Cartier-Bresson. And, you know, he, he shot his whole life. Um, you know, he was like 95 or something when he died. And, you know, I'm also heartened by the fact that, I don't know if you've noticed, Valerie, but I've certainly noticed a lot of photographers are living really long lives. And I think that's because we have so much shooting we need to do. So, you know, you look at all these guys, like their, you know, Eisenstadt was like a hundred and, you know, all these, these people are, are so, so that's good too. Maybe that's it's good news. the health, the healthy lifestyle. So, that's hey, right. We know we're all walking every day. So we keep, <laughs> exactly. we stay healthy. Uh, yeah. And I missed the boat on that book. So next time, Steve, you ordered two, because uh, yes. by the time I woke up and I placed my order on Amazon, it was at $350 if I wanted a used copy. So I'm on a waiting yeah. list. <laughs> There you go. So well, good I luck. And, and, and viewers out there, I mean, the fact is, I mean, in the internet world, you know, it's kind of obvious when a book is sold out, but guarantee there's a bookstore out there that still has it on its shelf at its original published price. And if you see it, I would snag it. Yes, definitely. And next time we order, I'll order a couple and... Uh... That would be a wonderful present. You know, that it's hard to get. A wonderful present for a, uh, a photographer friend, for sure. 
So, and my pick. What are you, what are you implying, Valerie? Well, you know, when, when is your, <laughs> I have a birthday birth- coming up now. <laughs> you just missed it. <laughs> uh, my uh, my pick is actually the passionate photographer because everybody knows this has been on my top five favorite books uh, for uh, since it came out. Um, I do publish a blog post that I update regularly with my my favorites, my favorite gear, my favorite books, my favorite podcast, and so forth. And the passionate photographer by our friend Steve Simon is definitely on the top. And um, it's it's for all photographers, all levels, and not just not just street photographers. I think uh, everybody will find something in there. And I just really, really loved it. It's actually, I'm due to read it again, probably for the fourth time. Oh, um, my goodness. Well, whenever I want really to pick nice. up I mean, a book. I, and, oh, I was just going to say, I haven't read it. I mean, I did write it, <laughs> but I haven't really read it. But I, I do know it has some good reviews. But that's yes. really nice of you to, I, to pick it. Yeah, I love that. it. I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good information there for street photographers. It wasn't written really as a street photographer no. book, but it, it totally, I think, is apl- applicable. Oh, for sure. And I have to bring it to, um, to New York on my next trip next month so you can autograph it when we meet for coffee. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and I would like to remind the listeners to check out Steve's uh, website if they want to grab one of the spots for his amazing street photography workshop that's happening. That's early October, so there. Uh, this is a great opportunity if somebody wants to. You know, I always tell people, don't wait, do it now. You know, some people say, oh, oh, something I'll do in five years. Well, you may not have. You know, you may not be around exactly. in five years. Do it's, it now. It's like it's like. It's like when you're on the street and you see something and you yeah. don't photograph it, but you've planned to come back. Well, of course, it's never the same. That's right. So remind us the dates and where people can see all about your work, your workshops, your, your, your book and everything. Sure. Um, they can go to my blog. It's called thepassionatephotographer.com. And on the blog, I'm, I'm just starting to get into blogging. So it's going to be kind of a resource, I think, for street photographers. It's going to have a strong street presence. Um, I'm actually just going to it right now so I can tell you the dates. But uh, from there, you can look at my portfolio of work. You know, it's on a separate website. Um, October 8th to 13th. And what's exciting actually about this particular workshop is... Um, there's going to be the Columbus Day Parade in New York City, and that's a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. it's televised. It's hundreds of thousands of people, and I've negotiated uh, press access, which is really impossible to get, which means that participants are going to be able to be on the streets and not behind the barricade shooting because you're going to have press access. And anyone that's covered a parade in New York knows the frustration of not having press access. Yes. You might as well not go. I mean, get to the parade early and shoot there. So this, I'm very excited about that. I'm really looking forward to the fact that uh, we will have no restrictions. They're going to have to behave because, uh, you know, that I, I don't want to lose this possibility for the future. But but I think it's, it's going to yield some really strong street photos. So, you know, there's always amazing pictures to be had in New York City, as you know. Yeah. But then you add uh, the parade into it, and that's just a whole other level of visual opportunity, mm-hmm. and especially when you have access. So, so this time, I'm, I'm really excited about this. That's uh, awesome. October 8th to 13th. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. We'll do that again because I had so much fun talking to you. And I hope so. This is probably going to be one of the longest episodes of Street Focus, so that's a good Uh-oh. sign. <laughs> 
Okay. That's <laughs> Maybe great. not for the listeners. Oh, but yes, hey. yes. I know. I, yeah. I'm supposed to limit them to a commute time, but people always tell me, no, it's too short. So that's a good sign. You know, that means they want okay. more. So there, I'm delivering more on the anniversary show. Thank you, Steve. And I'll see you in a few weeks in New York. I look forward to it. I'll Thank show you my decisive moment, Cartier Bresson. That's right. It's a, it'll be wrapped <laughs> in plastic, right? So I can't touch it. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds good. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to upload your image for the next Street Challenge before October 15. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. Mm -hmm.